0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 155. We're finally done with the pre-records, and this week we talk with Paul Thorod about his thoughts on Microsoft, we solve part of the uppercase-lowercase mystery, and apparently SWAG is an acronym.
1: This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Espose. The market leader of .NET and Java APIs for file business formats. Natively work with DOCX, XSLX, PPT, PDF, MSG, MPP, image formats, and many more.
0: This week we have Paul Throt, longtime tech journalist covering Microsoft. You can be heard on Windows Weekly. How's it going, Paul? Good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Very good.
1: Carl, what do we have for the comment of the week? Uh, The comment of the week, we have uh, somebody from Twitter reached out to us, Neil Hiley, uh, contacting us to try to get on our Slack because he was having problems with the Slack sign-up page, which should be resolved now. So you can go to slack.msdevshow.com to sign up for our Slack, and you can talk to Jason, myself, and a few other people who have signed up there as well. And uh, we look forward to talking to you. And uh, for this comment, uh, Neil wins uh, a developer small business license for a total for .NET, which includes all of the exposed.net products in one package. And if you want to get mentioned on the show like Neil and win this package, uh, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com, comment on Facebook, Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We really like these five-star iTunes reviews as well.
0: Just so I understand, something was broken, broken on our end?
1: There, there was something like it wasn't really on our end, but it was on Slack's side on their back end where they had oh, a problem gotcha. in there and he just okay. couldn't get on. But so. it's all
0: good now. Okay. <laughs> it's all good now. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, a troubleshooting tip number. Zero. Just, just you know, try it again, turn it off, turn it back on again. So sounds good. Okay. What do we got for the news,
1: Carl? A day in the life of Americans. So I, I think this is one that all three of us are really interested in because we're all remote workers mm-hmm. and there was a really cool infographic, uh, kind of a couple of paragraphs down into this page that kind of showed this lot, this Uh, the data being visualized as the time flows throughout the day where you spend it. And he put Mm -hmm. it in categories such as sleeping, eating, work, Travel, leisure, religion, phone calls, and a few other things too. It was really interesting seeing as the time goes, like how many little dots or percentage of the population are in these different areas, and you can see the numbers going up and down. I would expect and a
0: Facebook category. I don't see that on here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like all sitting the in front them. of
2: computer. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now yeah. The, the the coolest part about this, I think, is this visualization where you can uh, like the the little balls that represent people are kind of flying around. I push, I push fast on that. And I just want that to be like my screensaver. That's so cool. Yeah, it is really cool. As you look throughout the day,
1: especially as you look at this, if you looked at like the bottom right quadrant is kind of like things that you want to have in balance, like education, personal care, sleeping, you want to do as much of those, or, you know, as much (laughs) of those to like fulfill yourself. Right. But then like the, the bottom left is like stuff like work and housework and stuff like that. It's like, you really want to minimize that stuff. Whereas the, once you get on the upper portions, those are things you want to do Mm -hmm. or choose to do. So, you know, it's also looking at this, you know, where do people spend their time versus kind of, where do you want to be spending your time? Yep. And the site was depressing
0: too, because I ended up scrolling down, unfortunately, and there was a link to, uh, when you're going to die and, <laughs> and the, the visualization was really cool. So I, w- I was really excited about it, but it started showing, like, you know, possible. Uh, time, you know, dates that I was going to die and like for whatever reason, like they all started going in the buckets. It was like zero to nine years from now. And I'm like, no, I mean, it was at, it was at 10%. Cause I guess it, it does, you know, it's random, but across a distribution. Um, so while I was mesmerized by the visualization, I was, I was a little depressed by that, but if you wait long enough, it finally distributes evenly. Uh, but still it was a little bit depressing. Yeah. Here we go. Years you probably have left. Oh, gee, I'm looking at it, too. Probably. <laughs> it's the president. It, it really,
2: it? <laughs> aside from the fact that we've all crested, um, yeah. the rest of life is apparently that part of the roller coaster where you go over the top <laughs> and it gets yeah. really scary.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've uh, we, yeah i'm past the fun part of the of the roller coaster um and now it's just uh going to my doom so uh oh. anybody who who visits carl's link there in the show notes just just don't click the other link <laughs> just a little pro tip for you <laughs> um and then the next news story actually isn't even a story right carl it's uh it's just a picture
1: yeah it's just a picture so i mean we always hear like you know uppercase and lowercase letters yeah. and, and sometimes you know you forget about the etymology of where these things come from but this is a picture of a printer's case that where they held their letters and, and the bottom portion were Mm. all what we call the lowercase letters. And then the topper portion was the uppercase letters. Yeah. I I was just blown away. I mean, as much as it makes sense, you know, you forget some of the history that comes with this and the legacy that where our, where our language comes from. Actually, now that I think about it, so, so what did they call it before the cases? Right. Cause there would
0: have been like upper and lower, right? <laughs> like the, let, like obviously the, the, the box was yeah. invented to hold the keys that, that form to the, the fact that there's two sets of letters. So hmm. that's the part I'm a little confused about. So, little bit of research for you, Carl. And we'll talk about that on the next episode, <laughs> but yeah, this is probably this is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but still the uppercase and lowercase. Yeah. I never really thought about it. You know, you always use these things and it's kind of funny too. Whenever I talk to my kids and you talk about, um, um, you know, let's, let's rewind that or, you know, right. um, th- those types of things, um, or even footage, you know, let's, let's get some footage. You know, they don't, they have no clue where that stuff came from. Uh, sure. but we just, we just use it as if everybody knows. Um, okay. This next one's a fun one. HTTPS on Stack Overflow.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, we've had Nick Craver on the show before and he's yep. the author of this he's article. Awesome. And, um, in the past, um, people have, you know, wondered why hasn't Stack Overflow like forced HTTPS, you know, for a variety of the good reasons, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, just put a certificate on there. And, uh, you know, they've gone through over four years of this process getting to here. And this is a pretty epic blog post. I think there's like 11,000 words or something like that. So it'll take you a time to get through it. But if you want to know exactly what they had to do all along the way for a site as big as stack overflow with all the subdomains that they have and not just subdomains, but tertiary domains and all of the changes that they had to do to support not just HTTPS, but you know, a, TLS two and all, all of that stuff, um, you'll find all of the details in here yeah. and it, it's really interesting. And, you know, if there might be a case that you're working on some sort of site where you haven't thought of some of these edge cases, mm-hmm. so it's definitely worth a look to see what they had to do because they pretty much had to do everything. Yeah. This was unbelievably complex. I, this is, they weren't just, awesome.
2: pro, they weren't just procrastinating.
1: <laughs> no. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I did just check the rot.com. It is, it is is. secure.
2: (laughs) Well, when we started the site, that was one of the big decisions. And actually it was hard to do for a brand
0: new site. Yeah,
2: because there are a lot of things you have to work around. Yeah. Um, but it was the right thing to do, obviously. So.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like we, so we did it on the MS Dev Show, and like it took a couple hours, but like that was a couple hours that we could have done something else, right? I mean, we just—you'll <laughs> never get that time. <laughs> yeah, there. we won't get that time back. You yeah. know, just to have like the S there. Um, sure. But you know, part of it was now like Google deprioritizes you know non secure right. sites, and um, so we we wanted to be on the HTTPS bandwagon. Plus, you know, all the smart people say it's uh, it's the right thing to do. So um, we. You're in the cool kids club, <laughs> at least from that
1: perspective. And then, what is uh swag, Carl? Swag, I thought that meant like free stuff you get at conferences, but this is actually a term in his uh article. Uh, yeah, there's a a, actually a Wikipedia page that's a uh, scientific wild ass guess. That's awesome. So, uh, I, I make swags all day long, yeah.
2: They're really dumbing down science, right? This is like hypothesis, <laughs> is what you're saying, in yeah. other words.
1: Yes, <laughs> I wonder if there's
0: when you don't want to go through all that effort. You can go to yeah. what simple. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's, it's a hypothesis without the scientific method attached to it.
0: I'm kind of curious here. Oh, they don't have it. So there's, you know, there's, if you want like the dumbed down version, since you, you spoke of it on uh, Wikipedia, you can do simple.wikipedia.org. Oh, they, yikes. They don't have that one yet. Yeah. Did you it's know It's like that? all
2: one syllable words.
0: <laughs> no, they're just I think it's like, explain it like I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, there's just pictures, a little, little, <laughs> cart- pictures. there's a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, we shouldn't be laughing at this this is where the world's heading
0: yeah you know <laughs> that's true that's true they'll, they'll start mm-hmm. to make you know it'll be it'll be HBS, but you know the the simple version will be primary <laughs> exactly uh microsoft's looking to reboot mobile oh look at this mobile with new software and hardware who's this guy he seems this to be sounds talking crazy talking with authority here <laughs>
2: <laughs> well actually that was actually brad who wrote the uh the story but yeah. uh based on multiple sources uh, the thing that's really interesting about this is since he published that the two of us have both heard separately from people at microsoft you know on the side Mm -hmm. about this and um we haven't been able to pin down what it is but what it basically boils down to is that microsoft is in fact according to these sources again (laughs) uh, going to uh, dramatically increase its investment in hardware Um, i one of the guys who contacted me basically presented it in the form of a bet. You know, like, let's talk about this a year from now and we'll see how you feel about this. Because Mm. when I first heard this, I thought about Windows Phone and I thought, and I wrote, you know, that making another phone is silly. Like this would be a a terrible waste of resources at this point. Yeah. Um, But apparently it's much more involved than that. And um, this is all tied back to the thing that everybody says. Google has said this publicly. Steve Jobs famously said this. It dates back to Alan Kaye said this, that if you're going to make software, you need to make hardware. And if you're going to make hardware, you need to make software that these things are, are part of the same thing. And yeah. uh, Steve Ballmer was on Recode this week and said the same exact thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so there's a big consensus out there among the people who actually run these big platforms company uh, that hardware and software are both important. So
0: yeah, it's just so difficult see. to get into that. You know, so you I, know. you know, disclaimer, I do, you know, I do work at Microsoft, but I, I have I have no knowledge. I have no idea what they're doing. And <laughs> I, I was implying I you for information. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you could just confirm uh, part of what I said. <laughs> wink, wink once. <laughs> now you're out to my eyes open so that there's yeah. no, you know, misinformation. No. um, Yeah. It's just really tough to get into. So, I mean, you just had somebody has to be like super creative in, in how you would get back into this um, yeah. because you're right. It has I mean, to be
2: a new category that yeah. we don't know about. Yeah. And, because and I think it also has to speak to
0: Microsoft's core market. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's probably not going to be a consumer device that's sold at Best Buy. It's probably going to be something uh, that goes to the enterprise, right? Yeah. That ties to Microsoft cloud services, and so we can we could literally speculate all day if you want. There's it. it there's so many <laughs> permutations of this; it's kind of hard to say. But yeah,
0: no, I'm on wait. the I'm on the the sit and wait camp. So I just I just wait yeah. for the for the products to be released and uh, and see if it's something I'm interested in in buying. Sure. Um, which actually, so I did have a question for you that I was going to ask you later, Mm -hmm. but, um, I guess we could talk about it now. Um, you know, around the the hardware. So I'm kind of curious, like what, what hardware you're using the most these days, you know, as far as like laptop, desktop phone, like, or, you know, other things like watch, like what, what are you using these days? You know how you can tell you love
2: something is if you've had problems with it, but you can't stop using it. It's like, a, it's one of those <laughs> terrible relationships, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I've been unlucky in a way with, um, my Surface Book, but I, I love it so much I can't stop yeah. using it. You know? <laughs> and so even today, not today, literally today, but this week, um, I had kind of a, a hot bag type experience. It wasn't actually mm-hmm. in a bag, but it was sitting here closed and the fan was running. But th- there's something about it. The, the screen size and aspect ratio, the resolution, you know, the really high DPI effect, the perfect keyboard. I'm a writer mm-hmm. and that stuff is really important to me. And then the precision trackpad. I, I just, I love it. And so um, I, I travel a lot and I find myself reaching for this machine a lot, and so I think that's the one that matters to me most. I mean, my the desktop PC I use use uh, changes over time. I've been using a, an HP All-in-One for the past actually several months, probably. It's great, okay. you know. It's a widescreen, whatever. But yeah, uh, but I really I, this you know every once in a while you'll hit the Xbox 360 was like that. You know, I I, I sent back a number of Xbox 360 several times because of the red ring of death. Right. right? but I couldn't wait to get it back. <laughs> you know, um, it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Um, but I would say today that surface book is probably the only thing that falls into that category. I mean, I, there are things I use every day that are fine, but yeah. that's the one I can't put my finger on it. I just really, and I think that's why yeah. I'm kind of interested in the surface laptop as well. It has some of the same qualities. And I can explain to you why it makes no sense for me to own one, but I still really want one. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. funny. I complain about my Surface book a lot, but I complain because I love it so much. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it, worth yeah. talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love, I love the form factor. Um, I love carrying it around. Like you said, the, the keyboard I think is great. The, the new Mac pros with the, with the, that keyboard that where the keys barely move. Yeah. And, like I actually like low profile keys, but the fact that they like sunk them in and it's like, Oh, you're not going to catch me. I'm going to go hide down here. You know, <laughs> And you know, I don't know. I just, I don't yeah. know what it is. And maybe if I, if I tried using one for a month, my opinion would change. But every time I go into like a store and I'm like trying, I'm like, okay, this is like one step away from like typing on glass where I can't feel anything. And right. I don't like it. Whereas I, I love the keyboard on here. Um, I don't, I don't ever get the hot bag thing. I do get the, the random, like if I put it in standby and have it unplugged overnight, um, you know, I, in the morning, I'm just like, well, it might be dead or might, you know, might have like, drained whole you know, well, I, I, I think that's the yeah. same.
2: It's probably the same yeah. symptom in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I, it all, I think it depends on the system. I mean, some people have these and they have zero problems. Mm-hmm. I have a, a Surface Book 4 I've never had a problem with. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's basically the same architecture. It's mm-hmm. just that the screen on that device is a little too small for me. I just, I, there's something about the. Surface Book display that I just really like.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I would love. Um, I was thinking about this morning. You know the the you know obviously this thing turns into a tablet and and. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I can. I can never get in the habit of like actually detaching and using it. Although like, right. kind of in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that more. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use it as a habit <laughs> more. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Um. But that being said, I was. I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, you know what? I really want the tra- The transformation that I actually want. I want it to have because it's. You can only get them in two cores. And I've noticed um, almost across the board all the all the small laptops that are around this size and weight are just dual core. And yeah. I do a lot of video editing and audio editing and like there's. 90% of the time I'm just browsing a web page and I need I don't even need two cores I need like half a core and then there's other times when I <laughs> yeah, need yeah but sometimes you really need the yeah, yeah. The, sometimes I really need the horsepower so I, 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 re, I wish it was it would transform more in that way um, that's, you know? that's
2: That's an excellent idea actually yeah. I mean I, I it's funny you mention this because I, I do review laptops and you're right most of these things are a dual core
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, the Dell XPS 15 is a quad core by the way if you're yeah. interested in that kind of thing yeah I was I, um, I was
0: looking at it just just for that but um, you know I don't yeah. know I can't at this point, it's, you know, not as good. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah. So that's, some options. That's
2: a very good idea. I like to, yeah. the transforming hardware thing. It'd be a great way to um, amp up the mobility aspect of it to, you know, go down to a single core. If that is what makes sense while yeah. you're on battery power and just watching yeah. a movie or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cause I know the, I, I know it'll start to do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of like how the iPhone works, you know, it's like a quad core and two of the cores are uh, low power. And, then, and mm-hmm. then the other two are high power. And if you, if you stress the, the, the high power cores on the iphone like your battery it just go like instantly
2: yeah, you can feel it heating yeah up in your hand.
0: exactly um but that's fine like you know i'm usually plugged in if i'm going to do something like that but I, I would even be okay activating extra cores only when plugged in or, or something to right. that effect because i have a i also i have a 15 inch macbook pro that i use final cut on it's a quad core and uh i can drain i can drain the battery in one hour Yep. Um, if I'm just browsing web <laughs> pages, yeah. And if I'm browsing yeah. web pages and I turn the brightness on, I can get over 10 hours. Like that's how dramatic the difference is.
2: Do you, do you think a, a dual core CPU with a really good GPU would do it for video? I don't, would that be good.
0: I don't think so. I, I, maybe, I don't know how optimized the, the software yeah, I don't is either. but GPU. if
2: that's possible, like a modern computer with a USB-C Thunderbolt three port might work because you could plug in a, an external GPU. Mm-hmm. So if you were docked or whatever, you could actually make it more powerful that yeah. way.
0: Well, I have a, I have a question for you and I apologize for mm-hmm. making like making you my tech support, <laughs> even though I work at Microsoft, but on <laughs> yep. the, on the okay. book, no,
2: the tables have turned.
0: Please. <laughs> yeah. So the, so the Surface <laughs> yep. book, do you have the one with the GPU and the keyboard? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Does it ever use the GPU? And if so, how do you know? Yep. There's no way to know live.
2: Um, (laughs) Okay. But by default, so it's an NVIDIA GPU and there's actually NVIDIA software. So you can even, you can go into a control panel and and say never use it or specifically use it for these apps or don't use it for these apps. Um, I don't know of a way to see that live. The way it's supposed to work is what you're describing with the core situation where it just does it automatically. Right. And so I suppose I'm just going to make this up. I actually don't know how it works, but if you're browsing around a text-based website, maybe just using the CPU for that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's some GPU rendering of text, whatever. Um, But if there's a video on that page or or something, maybe it it kicks the, the GPU will kick in for that Mm -hmm. uh, sparing the the CPU and and helping the battery life. I'm just again, making this up. I don't know, but it's, but it's automatic, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah where aside there, from where the there's stuff magic you explicitly. there's mystery <laughs> yes right so I was it's just the magic of software
0: yeah so i was just kind of i was just kind of curious because it's funny like i i don't know if i could live without the gpu because i don't know when i'm using it <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you could on a service book it's easy to test because yeah. you can just attach the screen that's true <laughs> you that's know true. And once you do that you don't have the gpu
0: yeah because on the max like you could there was a third party utility that you used to be able to use where you could say you could set up cool rules like when you're plugged in use the gpu for everything when you're yeah. unplugged use yeah. the power saving you know intel um in.
2: I could look at it. I mean, there is an NVIDIA control panel for this mm-hmm. purpose, so it, it may in fact do I've, what you just I've, described. I've
0: spent quite a bit of time in there <laughs> for a while. What I did, what I did for a while is I just told it to always use the NVIDIA GPU uh, for everything, like all mm-hmm. all the time, and I couldn't really tell a difference. But you know, I'm not gaming on here either. Like I'm, the the GPU could be like totally lost on me. I, the, the GPU in the surface book is kind of a mixed bag because it's really not good
2: enough to do effective gaming, like really good high-end gaming gaming. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it seems to be more aimed for productivity tasks. And so, you know, I don't know how Excel takes advantage of a GPU. I think that it does. I'm yeah. sure some of the graphical effects and say PowerPoint probably do as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it seems to be aimed at that kind of workload, not, you know, uh, even video is probably not. All that advantageous on this.
0: Right, right. So anyway, so while while we have you here, instead of instead of asking these kind of, you know, tech <laughs> okay. support, you know, Microsoft asking tech yeah. support questions of you, I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, um, you know, a little bit of history and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm kind of curious, like when you got started on reporting and, and Microsoft, cause I, I remember a long time ago reading uh, the Win super site and yeah. reading about, you know, I was right about the next version of, of windows and you always had screenshot. I'm like, how is this guy doing? It was just like magical. <laughs> it was awesome sure. as you know, from, from the outside, it was so cool to see. And it always like made me like super excited for, for what was coming. I actually think like that was better marketing than probably anything that Microsoft was doing. <laughs> the time for for me being, well, a, being a, a tech guy
2: i mean obviously things have changed right so with the internet yeah. and twitter and whatever yeah. i mean things leak very quickly yeah. um i've got a guy i work with Rafael rivera who you may know who um Got a hold of that build that leaked out of Microsoft by mistake, and he found some features that are coming in the next version of Windows Ten, and it's it's sort of like that level of interest and excitement. But you know, the other thing from the nineteen nineties, you got to remember, we didn't have mobile devices, we didn't have phones, tablets, whatever. We didn't mm. really have the internet the way we have it today, and um, you know, Windows and PCs were the center of everything we did, and so uh, Windows had uh, a much bigger uh, impact on all of this stuff, and it was very very exciting, and you know, Microsoft. I, they've never really let off the pedal, but I mean, they were pushing very much at that time to advance the state of the art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a lot going on. It was really cool
0: because Microsoft like was the world. I mean, that's just they, the, that's literally, the way, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the way it was.
2: So, well, i covering tech. You know, what do you want to do? You want uh, personal computing is Microsoft, <laughs> you know, it was kind yeah. of in mid 1990s. It was an obvious decision.
0: Yeah. So when, did when did this all start? Did you, did you start reporting on Microsoft in the nineties then?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. It's 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 kind of it's a little convoluted, but it's one of those thing happened, thing happened kind of things. But I had gone back to school to actually become a software developer, and um, after being in banking for several years, and I was uh, li- living in uh, Arizona, and I ended up working at the computer lab at the community college I was going to, managing a Novell network lab, and I was talking a lot with the professors who were in the CSE and the CIS departments. And I was kind of struck by how many of them were kind of old fashioned and didn't understand what was going on in the industry. It was a lot of backspace stuff and uh, old school networking. And and so I started writing emails to the group of them because we had different mailing lists internally and saying, hey, this is something that's happening. You know, maybe it was an in InfoWorld or at the time PC week. And I'd kind of quote a little bit from the story and then say, this is why you need to know about this. You know, this is the important thing. And some of them came back to me and said, hey, um, this is really useful. Do you mind if we give it to our students? You know, and I said, sure, that's fine. And it kind of became a mailing list a newsletter kind of thing. And eventually the students who were getting the newsletter would say, hey, this is really useful. Um, I have a friend who doesn't come to the school. Could he subscribe to this? You know, and, it sort of, and so it sort of went from there. Um, and so that was probably 1994-ish, somewhere okay. in that time frame. That's awesome, though. I didn't, I, uh, I
0: didn't, I had no idea. That's really cool.
2: But the, but what's interesting about it in a way is that at that time, what I was doing was basically what, what, what is blogging, right? Someone else has written original content and I have quoted from it, basically stolen it mm-hmm. and I've added value on it, hopefully in some mm-hmm. way, which I did at the time. But, um, when I, uh, uh, kind of on the side to this, I started writing books because of a, one of these professors and they were actually de- mostly developer related books, uh, aimed at the education market and, um, ended up leaving that job and school to go work for a startup in um, San Francisco area that was run by a guy who used to be at the company that was publishing the books. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you can't, you can't, we can't republish what these other people wrote, that you're stealing their work. They're going to sue us. He said, you have to write the news stories. Yeah. And in 1996, when that happened, that was a horrifying thought that (laughs) I would have to do that much work. And I, I just, I couldn't even understand how that could be possible, but I did. And, you know, 20 whatever years later, here That's we are. Cool.
0: So so was it, was it, was the newsletter called the Therat? And then somebody came up to you and they're like, no, 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 just Therat. No, no, no actually it, it, was,
2: it was called info because it was mostly Windows okay. related. Um, I, I can't remember the names of some of these, but I had little goofy other newsletters that were, it was like game info and okay. that was, cause a lot of the stuff was just informal. It was between different groups of people who are my friends. Yeah. You know, we used to take over the lab on weekends and play doom up on the big screen with the projector and, mm-hmm. you know, we used to share information about whatever. And, um, but no, it was, it was, that was WinInfo, info and I did win info, uh, through the school on my own with, along with Wagnet in the late 1990s and then, uh, brought it to what became Penton, which was Windows IT Pro, Windows NT Mag. Actually, when I started, it was still Windows NT Mag very briefly. Um, and then I, when I left the super site, I, I left that behind. And so I still publish something on Fridays that goes out. Well, actually, there's a newsletter, but it's <laughs> it's not exactly the same, but
0: okay. sort of. That's still yeah. really
1: cool. Very cool. Hmm.
2: It's, it's convoluted to saying it out loud. <laughs> 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 Sorry. No.
1: Yeah, but, I, you know, I think as somebody who's who's listened to you and read your, you know, your newer stuff, because mm-hmm. I wasn't in tech that early on, you know, it's interesting hearing that progression and yeah. how it's moved to the, the current day. So, I mean, lately, you've really been focusing a lot on the consumer side of Microsoft technology. Right. Like, you know, if all of a sudden Microsoft did something and you just kind of threw up your arms and say, that's it. <laughs> wait, 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 would would you quit the journalism side? Would you quit the Microsoft side? Would you do anything technical? I mean,
2: right. I don't know. You know, I, I, I mentioned, or I sort of mentioned, I, I, I went to, I went back to school to become a developer. And if you accept the fact that someone who has sold a painting is a professional painter or artist, <laughs> I am, I guess I am technically a professional developer. Um, well, we'll take it. That, that counts. Right. I mean, but this is, we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. So Um, I always thought I was, that was going to be the main aim of what I did. And of course, life takes you in these different directions. Um, I'm still super interested in that aspect of things. And I still spend a lot of time, my own time learning, uh, using visual studio, learning C sharp, Mm -hmm. uh, learning Xamarin lately. I spent a year learning Android development and not killing myself, which I consider to be a huge accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, that's one thing I maybe I would be interested in um, if things fell apart. I did make a joke recently, although it wasn't really that much of a joke. But, you know, Microsoft seems to be making this transition to the cloud. I think that when I look at the company, you see all these different businesses. It's certainly a diverse company that does a lot of different things. But if you had to pick that one focus and maybe where it's leading, it's probably cloud services. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, when you talk about things like Azure, especially, I don't mean to say it's not interesting at all because of course it's incredible and it's an awesome business but for me personally it's not super interesting mm-hmm. and so if Microsoft becomes the Azure company uh, that might be the day I retire I mean I'm not <laughs> you know so I'll, I'll kind of cling on to the part that I have you know because I really do still care very much about the client especially
0: yeah.
2: uh, Windows obviously um, specifically but but also any any of that stuff I, I like the consumer services that Microsoft does for the most part um, and, and I use all of them all the time I mean I, I'm very much in it. But you know, the, like we were saying earlier, the world's changing. I mean, there are mobile phones that are based on Android. There are iPhones. There are services from companies like Google, uh, many of which are actually very good, as much as it pains me to say. So there's a whole world out there. But um, I have major problems with a lot of these other companies that I don't have with Microsoft. And the one thing I I have clung to literally is this notion that Microsoft has always been very upfront about what it does. It sells you this thing and you pay for it. That's the end. That's the equation. It's very honest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Google sells advertising, and they sell your personal information, and yeah. they make some good stuff. They're I in the dark really alley, like
0: it's free. Don't worry yeah, about it, man. I, right? You all, have to kind of good. keep that in mind. Yeah. Um,
2: and then Apple, there's a there's kind of a hubris thing over there. I'm not a big fan of. They make great hardware. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I think most of their software and services are not great, but. Um, they do make great hardware, and that makes it hard because I w- kind of want to hate them, but I, you know the <laughs> devices are pretty good for the most
0: part. Yeah, yeah. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you actually was was in regards to Apple because mm-hmm. I I always have this opinion and people you know, I, I think it's a little controversial, but do you like, do you see Apple and Microsoft as competitors? I know that we, we, there's like the, always this knee jerk reaction because of the history, yeah. but like today, are they, do you see them as competitors? If you were to, you know,
2: somehow divide all of Microsoft's businesses into a grid and then, and put Apple's businesses next to the ones that made sense, right? There's yeah. only a little bit of overlap. Right? I'm not even sure Apple uh, today been- is
0: is pl- plural, right? <laughs> it's really yeah. iPhone. Well, I mean, Apple, Apple yeah.
2: is 70% iPhone, right? And then yeah. there's a a network effect or whatever you want to call it that kind of feeds off of that where um, they sell tens of millions of these things every quarter and they have a lot a lot of users and those guys are paying for other apple services they're paying for icloud storage they're paying for apple music maybe Mm -hmm. Um, they're doing these other things and that's the benefit that microsoft saw with windows Um, it's the same kind of impact and so it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. but microsoft doesn't really have a hardware business that lines up with that right so those the biggest part of apple's business and the biggest part of microsoft's business don't have anything to do with each other. Exactly, yeah. Um, so they don't compete directly, right? Um, but there are little parts that do. Um, Apple's MacBook business competes with Microsoft's Surface business, absolutely. Yeah. It also competes with the wider PC ecosystem. And I think the big benefit that Microsoft has over Apple, other than the fact that their soul is cleaner, is that the things that Microsoft does uh, benefits an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, partners, right? So if a particular Surface device uh, is copied by a bunch of uh, PC makers, which has happened right with the Surface Pro, mm-hmm. th- it's still kind of a net win for the ecosystem, yep. right? So Microsoft will sell this device maybe at a premium and then HP and Lenovo and Asus and Acer and everybody else will come along and sell a version that's a little cheaper. And that's great for everybody because if you really want to buy that device but can't afford it, you have these other choices. Um, so I, do those two things really compete? I mean, they do, but you know, it, they're they're such different companies. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what I always thought too, you know, if I if I buy, if you buy a PC and uh, you know from Dell, and I buy a Mac, and I go out there and I subscribe to Office three sixty five, and uh, yeah. I guess that would include uh, OneDrive, but if I you know subscribe to all these different services that Microsoft has, I'm using Azure, I'm using all this other stuff. Like Microsoft's going to wait, make way more money off of that that MacBook sale.
2: Yeah. Yeah this is for people who have been around a long time and follow Microsoft and care about Microsoft this this is the hardest psychological part right because mm-hmm. we tend to think of my and i and when i say we i mean literally me and people like me like middle-aged idiots you know who <laughs> think of Microsoft as the be all end all it's it's a hard thing to kind of let go of you know microsoft is the company that makes the platform that runs on all of the things that i use and mm-hmm. that's no longer true although as a writer and someone who's focused on the microsoft space i probably I literally do spend more time using Microsoft products than other companies products. But this thing that they're doing, this cross-platform mobile strategy is smart and yeah. it's it's got a future and it's it's gonna work. And we need to let go of that kind of partisan weirdness and just I mean, are we we want Microsoft to be successful, right? So it should be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose to use a Mac and you can use Office twenty sixteen on a Mac and you can use Microsoft Services, you can use um, Visual Studio for Mac now and become a developer that creates mobile apps that use Azure on the back end. I mean, that's incredible. What a great world that is. It's so much better than it was 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think you're up to speed.
1: (laughs) So, you know, I kind of want to take that thought a little bit further because uh, we had just wound down all of our interviews that we did for build and you were at build as well. And obviously, you know, Uh, a a very astute Microsoft observer. Well, would you say that was the most exciting thing that you took away from their build announcements or was there something else that was uh, more interesting?
2: So I, I, I will admit to a certain amount of bias uh, because I do skew my worldview a little bit toward Windows, uh, maybe in a way that's unfair, <laughs> you know. Because was I, day I two still, now. I mean, it was pushed. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. of course, and I did that just to you know to keep me busy, um, you know.
0: Don't <laughs> do yeah, leave I, on I day can, two. I can not confirm he, that. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's okay. Um, yeah, I I every year there's something really surprising that happens at Build, like something you don't anticipate, something that hasn't leaked. And um, a couple of years ago, for example, I had gotten wind of this notion that Microsoft was going to allow Android apps to run on Windows phone at the time. Um, They announced something like that. This was the Android bridge that they later ended up canceling. Um, But they had these other bridges, you know, and some of them are actually have had profound impacts, I think, on the way things uh, have evolved since then. Like the desktop bridge is like this incredible Uh, utility that just has changed the landscape for Windows Store apps. I think um, this year, <clears throat> the the announcement that was like that was the four Windows 10 features that made mobile better, and not Windows Mobile, but Android and iOS. And it was such and I, and I I literally I listen. I write these editorials where I sort of think through what I think Microsoft is doing, and 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 they're always like in my opinion kind of thing. I went th- this was. I went back to them again and again, and I said, I just want to be really clear that you're saying this, right? You're <laughs> explicitly saying that you're doing this and that you've you you, are, you you've changed the strategy for Windows 10. And every time it was like, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal, you know? Um, people are, uh, Most people use Windows on computers. Most people use something else on mobile. Microsoft is the only company working to make those things work better together. Yeah, And I find that to be incredible because the tools that, you know, Google will provide or Apple will provide to interoperate with a PC today are tools designed to get you data off of that thing and onto something else. Yeah. Um, that's not the way people work. And I, I'm look, I don't know that it's going to be successful. I just think it's incredible, mm. um, uh, cross-platform copy and paste. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, cross-platform, uh, and notifications and the ability to text and uh, phone call and so forth is really exciting. Uh, Apple can do that within their own ecosystem, Google. Could do it within our own ecosystem. I don't even think they're doing that, but <laughs> Microsoft is trying to do it across platform. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that's incredible.
0: Yeah. I so mean, absolutely. The, the most open. Yeah. Cause yeah. You know, I, I use an iPhone and I just, I just kind of accept that, you know, Apple is just, they're not going to play nice with, with anybody <laughs> unless, unless no, their hand not. is forced, you know? Um, so yeah. there's things, there's things that are, that are super frustrating for me on there. Um, but it's just, it's just the lesser of, of multiple evils at this point. Sure. Sure.
1: So. I mean, you also have a, a, a deep insight into Microsoft as a whole. Like you said, you, you, you've done a lot of thinking, projecting what they might be doing. You know, what, what do you think that right now with their current strategies that you see that they're doing right or maybe wrong?
2: I honestly, broad strokes, I think they're doing everything right, you know, and I know that sounds <laughs> like a little, <laughs> like a cheerleading statement, but yeah. it's, it's not, it's not intended like that. What I mean is, um. Microsoft had this dominant computing platform, and it, it and it built all these other businesses that kind of evolved off of it: server, office, uh, and so on. And it, it they created this incredible ecosystem of stuff. And then the world changed, and and a lot of companies have a hard time adapting to that change. If you think about the iPhone appearing in two thousand seven, and the companies that were dominant at the time, like BlackBerry, which was Rim, or uh, Nokia, or Motorola, or Palm, either do not exist today, or are completely different companies that are just a shadow of their former selves. Mm-hmm. Those companies only did mobile and and they couldn't react to the iPhone threat. Um, Microsoft confronted by the same problem. Obviously they failed as well at mobile. I mean, everyone did it's mm-hmm. not unique to Microsoft, but they see the world changing and rather than kind of kicking their feet and crying like a baby yeah. and saying, no, we're going to keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again, because that one thing worked, you know, for 20 years, um, they've been very realistic about meeting the challenge of this new world, right? And Steve Ballmer called it, uh, devices and services, uh, Satya Nadella has called it mobile first cloud or, uh, yeah, mobile first cloud first, mm-hmm. um, same concept, you know, this is the reality of the world and, and you have to take these kind of baby steps. You know, Microsoft putting office on the iPad was a, kind of a big deal at the time today. It seems obvious, you know, uh, Microsoft embracing open source was inconceivable five, 10 years ago, certainly. Today, it's obvious. Um, Windows is developed through GitHub, which is an open source project. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that they just announced at uh, Build about the mobile interoperability, you know, unbelievable. So broad strokes, that stuff is all super smart. And it's the type of thing the Microsoft of 20 years ago could not have done. It's the type of thing that most companies today, and I only follow the tech industry, so I can't Mm -hmm. talk about like Ford or Maytag or whatever. But, you know, tech industry companies really can't do. Apple has had trouble duplicating the success of the iPhone. Yeah. Um, granted, it's a, a nice big problem to have, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're kind of at the top of their yeah, little crest, but um, no, but they, but they, they are kind of a one hit wonder, aren't yeah. they? I mean, um, you know, Google uh, has a lot of services that have 1 billion users. What they don't have are services that generate one billion dollars in direct income.
0: I was going to say it's it's all advertising, and I d- yeah, actually it's we all should we should have had that as a news story, Carl. There was there was this uh, infographic that actually showed you know kind of the right. breakdown of of uh, of where the money comes from in these companies, and yeah. Microsoft was you know clearly the most diverse. Um, right, Amazon, uh,
2: Google, Apple, Facebook. I think was the other one. were all one hit wonders, and Microsoft is this very diversified company. Yeah. Now that's good. Uh, it, it's a factor of the way the world has changed by the way, because if we had looked at this in 2000, Microsoft would have been actually even then Microsoft probably had at least three major businesses, but I bet windows was the big one, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and you could make the argument that the other two at the time Were sub markets of windows, right. Office would never have been as huge as office was if it wasn't for windows or whatever.
0: So I've been at Microsoft coming up on five years and it's kind of interesting because when I started, so I'm in uh, uh, our DX division and Mm -hmm. um, you know, reporting under John Shuchuk, one of our technical fellows. And like at the beginning, whenever he formed this new technical organization underneath there and uh, it was kind of interesting because he was like, he came in and he was really shaking things up because it was just like, Hey, I want to check out all this open source stuff, you know, don't want to be in this Microsoft mindset like, like let's go look at what's out in the world and at the time it was kind of small and like you know let's be let's be really careful here <laughs> what we're doing this this seems this feels dangerous and then over yeah. time now it's just like we're like so proud of it and, and all of us are just like yep we're using Azure and and guess what we're we're running Linux and Kubernetes and you know like all these open source projects and uh, and we're having a great time and the, the partners like it's actually kind of amazing that that you know like how many customers like still aren't getting that message um you know i i'll i'll walk in and and you know People are shocked, you know. I'm using Chrome instead of Edge, and they're just like, "What?" Yes. Like, you know, they are expect- they 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 think you a Microsoft person has to have all these, you know, like NASCAR logos like all over their body. But, like, man, the the just like in in just about every group, um, the the changes have been have been shocking. So it's great. To yeah, anticipate. no, I, I see it As everywhere
2: at Microsoft. You know, yeah. I talked to the Visual Studio guys before the launch of uh, 2017, yeah. and. That's a big story there. They're working mm-hmm. with the community to improve the feature set of the product. And it's, it's, you know, languages, compiler, core UI, whatever it's, it's astonishing. You know, mm-hmm. if I had, uh, you know, gone into a coma in, in 2000 and woken up today, I, this would be like a crazy science <laughs> fiction world where everything was backwards. Um it really is a ama- it's amazing how different it
0: is. Yeah, iTunes in the Windows Store and I know. That you know, one I loved it cuz cool. I you guys on Windows Weekly you 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 made a I think it was you that made a comment you're like iTunes will never oh, be boy. in the Windows Store and I I actually knew sure. about it I'm sitting there and I'm like <laughs>
2: Well, so yeah, iTunes in Chrome, right? I mean this is yeah. the hell froze over yeah. moment, Yeah. You know? Um so that's <laughs> yeah, that, that that was another great surprise. I mean honestly, yeah. it built it's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Aspose offers a powerful set of file management APIs with which developers can create applications which can create, open, edit, and save the majority of popular business file formats. Their product range supports a multitude of file formats including Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, PDF documents, OneNote, Outlook, Project, Visio files, popular image formats, and many others. Espose produces APIs for .NET, Java, and the cloud, which can be utilized in almost any modern language available today. Visit www.espose.com for a free 30-day no-limitations trial, and if you get stuck, message the friendly support team for help. All technical support is offered free of charge. Remember, if you're a lucky winner, you will receive a free developer small business license for espose.words for .NET, a powerful toolkit to work with Word documents in your applications. Um. So
0: rumor is that I'm going to be uh, replacing Satya next week, so I'll be the new CEO nice. of Microsoft. Yeah. So um, I was just since I have you here, I wanted to hear what your top three wishes were, so that I can make sure you know because I'll, I'll a top sure three
2: wishes from Microsoft. Yeah. Okay. Actually, let me tell you a quick story because that you you just, <laughs> you just tr- triggered in my head. Years <laughs> ago, I was at a Visual Studio Reviewers Workshop in Redmond. And uh, one of the guys from the server team, there was some server component to this, I don't remember why, but uh, wanted to introduce me to a new guy on the team. And that guy was uh, Sachin Nadella. Oh, cool. And who I, (laughs) I shook his hand. It's the only time I've ever actually interacted with him personally. And I shook his hand and I said, nice, fresh meat. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> you yep. know what it's probably why he's ceo he's like i'm gonna show that jerk <laughs> yep. he's like you just wait and see and then
2: okay so top three rec- like wishes for microsoft
0: yeah like what do you what do you want oh boy
2: well i mean i've already kind of established that i think they're on the right path you know yeah. the interesting thing is this conversation should have been very different that microsoft shouldn't have Made this right decision, right? Um, it's funny because actually, even the fresh meat thing makes sense when you think about it that it, he's, he is a new blood in a sense. Yeah. Um, he's not part of the old school Microsoft. And I think it takes someone like him to drive the level of change that's occurring today at Microsoft. If nothing against Steve Ballmer, in fact, I'm a huge fan of Steve Ballmer, but I, he couldn't have made this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, not because there's something wrong with him, but because he was too associated with that kind of old, school Microsoft mentality, the thing you see at the partners or whatever, where they still don't understand why it's okay. Um, man, that's a tough one because, (laughs) you know, I, 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 the things I want for Microsoft are not things that I think they could achieve. I mean, I, I, I feel like they had an incredible, uh, value to add to mobile that was never realized uh, because Windows phone took off, I feel really bad about that. Um, I feel that And these are all consumery things too. It's terrible. I apologize. But you know, like the Xbox one as a platform, I think is superior to the PlayStation. I don't understand the disparity in the sales there. It never made any sense to me. Yeah. But again, I, I, in those, in those two areas, they've, I think they've done, you, you dealt these cards and you don't like them, but okay, well, and they've done it. They've made exactly the right moves. And I, and I think that's, what's interesting about it because if we had, had this conversation under Steve Ballmer, I would have said, well, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done this or maybe I wouldn't have bought a quantive or maybe I would, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think there's, I, 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 instead, I, I don't have anything specific, but I think the biggest problem, and this is not specific to Microsoft, but I, it's, you know, I cover Microsoft and I care more about Microsoft is there is a problem I think in software development, uh, in any company that does software development where. The 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 next big thing is always the the thing that gets all the hype and the attention and the the bodies and the resources and yeah. whatever. Um, there's a great need to f- kind of what I think of as like finish the job. And so you ship a product like, say, um, well, Windows 10 is a terrible example because they're continuously updating Windows 10. Yeah, but you ship yeah. a product like, you know, a major new version of Windows. Historically at Microsoft, at that point, the A team would move on to the next version of Windows right. and the B team <laughs> would work on the service path. yeah, yeah. But it's like you want CC.
0: the A-team doing like fit and finish, right?
2: <laughs> I I often feel, and I've, I've written, it's funny, over time I've written about this stuff. You know, when Microsoft had the reliability problem with the um, anniversary update last summer, I said, you know, maybe you need to stop and just work on reliability for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like you did back in um, 2002, I guess it was, when, uh, or late 2001. When the uh, problems happened with Windows XP, and they started the Trustworthy Computing Initiative, um, maybe you need to do something around reli- just around reliability. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure this never happens again. Um, they didn't like that suggestion, by the way. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it's fair to say that the current update that's shipping now for Windows Ten has seen a much greater level of success, and so they yeah. they certainly adapted to the issue and 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 addressed it head on. Um, but but I still feel like there's a like a fit and finish issue in the industry mm-hmm. in general, you know yeah. that we're always mm-hmm. moving on to the next thing. Skype is a great example of a uh, a service that impacts my life on so many levels. And if someone were to call me right now, there are at least four devices in front of me, and there would be more, but I packed up my whole house. <laughs> but there are four right here that will start ringing all at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, and I I feel like there's an this is permeates so much of life that it this that needs to be better. Yeah. Um. I, have a, I bought a Google Home device, which is that little air freshener looking thing that you can talk to. <laughs> I like that. And, uh,
0: yeah, the, the Glade Google Home. <laughs> yeah.
2: So if you say, so Google's trigger word for that is, hey, Google, or okay, Google, and hopefully I haven't just set off a bunch of these things. But um, <laughs> when you say those things, the phone that you have and this device will kind of perk up because they're both listening. But the phone knows the other thing's there and it doesn't yeah. it stops and and that's something that Skype needs yeah, right Now they do it to a degree it but it's not like it was six or nine months ago where the thing would ring ring, ring 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 and and would never stop ringing yeah um, but there's still a period of time where the th- they're all ringing and and I just that, it, that to me is a finish the job thing right yeah. They've got this they've redone the back end. they took three years to do it. They just released the first version of the new mobile client and they're coming to Windows 10 and the Mac soon. I think it's beautiful. It's great work. Man, that, that little, you know,
0: I know know what you're talking about. I I think, you know, to Apple's credit, I think that they spend a lot of time on that. Um, you know, like I have, um, I do have a Mac that, uh, that I use for the podcast and then I have an iPhone and I have an Apple watch. And like when a notification comes through, like if I'm actually actively on my laptop, like the notification comes on there, if I ignore it, then it comes through on my watch, unless my phone screen happens to be unlocked because my phone screen is unlocked. It's like, Oh, you must be using your phone. So it comes over there. So like, it's really like somebody really thought that out. Um, and I guess it's a little bit easier for Apple cause they have like, you know, five things, uh, total yeah. that they make, oh, right? yeah. you know, so they, it's, <laughs> yep. it's, you know, they can just say like, well, let, let's, let's look at every permutation of what the, what the person could, could own out of these products. Um, but they, mm-hmm. it seems like they do a pretty good job. Like the stuff just tends to, um, be intelligently designed between the devices, uh, by default. And it, and I think, you know, we, we actually had a episode on uh, project Rome recently, right. Um, right. and it's, it feels like a lot of the scaffolding now, like is it's coming from the bottom up. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the stuff for developers get, is getting in put in place. And I, it feels like a lot of these other things are going to improve dramatically over time. Then
2: I, the I, I, I will get, I mean, I'll, I'll give the Microsoft guys one little item of hope. You know, I, I do use an iPhone and one of the ways that it fails me on a regular basis is when I go to the airport locally, Logan airport, they have a free Wi-Fi but you have to sign into it. The way that the iPhone works is that once you've made that connection, it saves the network like most devices do. So There's much. no way to tell it not to, by the way. Um, but when I get to the airport, I want to bring up my boarding pass or whatever so I can get through security and I'm tapping on it and it's doing stuff. It's not working. What's happened is it's connected to Wi-Fi, but it hasn't done the authorization. But it doesn't bring up that screen where you I type know. in your oh, whatever. That's terrible. Well, that means I'm offline. So yeah. in other words, by, by connecting to the free Wi-Fi, it already knows about, it has put me offline. And then yeah. I have that spaz moment. And I think I do this every single time I go to the airport before I realize what it's doing. And you have to go in manually and say, forget this network.
0: Yeah. Which y- you, have you have to know, be connected to. Like I could complain about this for about 20 minutes. Yeah. You yeah. to forget a network. You have to connect to it. Which right. is, which it's, like... it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, in,
2: <laughs> in. Windows 10. I mean, I, this has a uh, does have Wi-Fi. I don't want to screw up the connection here. But <laughs> <Yeah>. um, when <laughs> you maybe I won't <laughs> click on anything. But when you if you choose to connect to a network, there's mm-hmm. a connect automatically checkbox. You can just uncheck it.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. When well, you can go <laughs> you into know, your, you can go to the network know? list too and actually forget them. Yeah,
2: because you can forget it. Yeah. So what
0: ended yeah. up happening to me is now, you know, on AT and T, I switched over to unlimited data. So mm-hmm. now, just for like safety reasons, like I tend, you know, I used to be kind of promiscuous, uh, connecting like different Wi-Fi networks, and it's like, right. well, I have so little data, I'm, I'm going to use Wi-Fi even if it kind of sucks and if I have to authenticate. That, and now I'm just like, yes. you know what? I'm only going to use it at home, at work, and maybe like yep. at my friend's house, and that's pretty much it. So I, now. You know, yeah, that it's, is the exact thing. yeah, it keeps connecting and I'm like, no, forget, forget, forget. And it's, uh, it's just like super annoying. Yeah.
2: I, um, I tried to bring up, I was trying to bring up PayPal because I, whatever reason I, and I don't have an app. I just wanted to go to the site yeah. and it made me, lo- you know, type in my credentials and I was typing it and I thought, wait a minute, I'm on a, like a public network. You know, what am I doing? I'm typing in my PayPal credentials. That's the, you know?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's not good. It, yeah, yeah. It, just, it just feels like, like where, when Apple doesn't. Add the fit and finish, like you just never get it.
2: <laughs> it's either perfect or it's terrible. Exactly. You know, and if it's te- but my point is much. like,
0: if it's terrible, they're just like, well, we're never gonna fix it. <laughs> yeah. you will live with this for the rest of your life unless sure. unless we come out with a completely different product where maybe it will be different.
1: I,
2: not. I hope you like your icons filling in from the top left because they're never <laughs> gonna not do that. Now that I've said that, by the way, they're gonna announce that next week. But yeah, I, you know, if you use Android, you know, you, you can put
0: it, an icon in the middle of the screen somewhere if you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, I of know. course, it's. It's I yeah that's that's why I really I really do miss Windows phone from that perspective because I had the 1520 yeah. and I felt like it was like the internet dashboard like it was just I would I would turn yeah. on the phone and like everything I could think of like, you know, current weather, all that, um, no. you know, up until like not too long ago a- on Apple, it was like always sunny and 73 degrees. And it just drove me crazy. <laughs> and right. I, the calendar and I, pe- is always yeah. the one date. Exactly. And, and they, people <laughs> yeah. would always tell me like, no, that's not true. And I'm like, open up your phone. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is the weather icon say? And they're like, sunny and 73. I'm like, it's snowing and five degrees. <laughs>
2: um, the, the beautiful comparison on the iPhone interface is to show a picture of program manager from windows in 1993. <laughs> and it is exactly, the grid of icons that are static and don't do anything that you see in the iPhone today. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to have, I'd love to have like a, a windows phone with all the apps and everything. It would be really yeah. cool if they could do uh there's just no way you could possibly, at least I, not that I know of, but make it so you could run iOS apps somehow, or, you know, like they, can't, like you said before. Yeah, they could do Android. And yeah. in fact,
2: they, yep. They had that working. I keep saying they. Yeah, I yeah. know it's it's you, I guess, or whatever. Well, but, it's still they, uh, they to me. Microsoft. <laughs> the other the, know, other the great they, they in the sky. Sub they. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a problem for the app platform that Microsoft has, right? Because yeah. if you enable Android apps just to work seamlessly, and they did, um, why would anyone develop a Windows app, right? I mean, mm-hmm. now you can just run Android. So let's just run Android. I, yeah. It's understandable why they killed it. But what a lot of people were looking for was the Windows interface with the apps. Yeah. yeah completely understandable,
1: but...
0: So one thing I heard, haven't heard you yeah. talk about it. Maybe, maybe I just missed it um, mm-hmm. with all the shows that you're doing and everything. But the, um, you know, the the um, Cortana hardware. Um, yeah. you know, there's the Hardman card on, uh, you know, speaker. And then I think there were some other ones announced. And yep. then I even looked, I didn't realize it, uh, you know, at first, but there's, uh, you know, Skype calling support in there. And, yep. uh, obviously there's the, um, I mean, you can v- do things now where, um, if you create a bot, you know, you can book hook in a bot to a Cortana skill. Like there's yep. a whole bunch of cool stuff going on on the back end. So like, what do you, what do you think of all that? What are your thoughts? I, I, my only issue with that stuff is that it's late to the game, yeah. right? I, if you had, if we could go back
2: in time to the day that Amazon announced the Echo and said, companies are going to come up with these digital assistants and they're going to be in these appliances and they're going to be in your car and they're going to be on your phone and they'll be on your computer. Who do you think going to get that working, right? Mm-hmm. I think Microsoft, Google, and maybe Apple would have been in that conversation, right? And then Amazon came along and screwed everything up. I still don't understand how it happened. It's amazing <laughs> how successful and popular that thing is. Yeah. Um, okay, well, it happened. And they have a skills system similar to Cortana skills, right? So third parties can come in and add their skills to um, uh, the Alexa devices and make them more powerful and make them more useful to users and everything. And, and apparently that works fine. Um, but it, I don't think they have a long-term story because there are only two companies on earth, frankly, that have access to the AI and the machine learning and the the deep frankly, computer science skills that are required for this kind of thing. And that's Microsoft and Google. Yeah. Um, so when Google announced Google Home last year in May, I thought this is it, it's the end. And the version that they shipped, the first version in November or whenever that was, was not very good actually. It kind of surprised people how behind it was, but they've moved very quickly to improve it. And today I'd say, and of course with the stuff they announced at IO, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Hands recalling, you know, with understanding each user up to six users in a house is incredible. Yeah. So I talked, you know, last year, there was a lot of kind of, um, hand wringing around Microsoft and Cortana. What are they doing? And, um, I finally, I talked to them, I think it was Ryan Gavin. Uh, he's a guy that used to be on the internet Explorer team, but he was at CES and we talked about Cortana and I asked him about being behind and whether that mattered. And he indicated that that wasn't super important, that this is a long game. And that the thing that will put Microsoft over the top is. Cortana becoming essential, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about what most people probably use Alexa for today, they walk in the room and say, what's the weather? Or, Tell me a joke, yeah. start some music thing. You know, it, it's fine. I, it's not something I would spend money on personally. I don't really, I, it's, it's goofy and it, it's kind of a cute little parlor trick, but it's not essential, right? Um, Google does all that stuff too. Um, I mean, Cortana does as well, but, but Microsoft has these, uh, productivity services that everyone actually uses so office 365 exchange, your calendar, your email, yeah. uh, and so on. And so it's, it's work and it's home. And their the Katrina team's basic, um, shtick or whatever was that we're, we're going to be essential. And what essential means is that if Alexa stops working tomorrow and I can't get the weather by asking her the weather, it's like, eh, whatever I can, I can pick up a yeah. phone. But, the integration between that device, hopefully whatever it is in your PC and your phone, which is something Google can do too, by the way, and is doing, is I is part of the deal. The ability to hand off something and say, um, or actually for her to say proactively, hey, by the way, the traffic's really yeah, tough today. Like that. You might want to leave now to make it home at the usual time. You're
0: right. Some of those proactive yeah. features might actually be the most useful.
2: Yeah. So I, I, my only concern for Cortana and for that whole ecosystem is just that they're behind. Um, the Cortana skill set was supposed to come out, I think six months earlier than it finally did, but it's out now. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know too much about these devices. We know about the Harman Kardon HP is kind of showed off something. Um, I'm sure there'll be more in time for the, um, holidays and, but I, uh, Google has a head start here. Amazon obviously has a head start here. Amazon, I think is going to be held back by the car stuff. Um, and by the phone stuff, you know, they're just don't, it's hard yeah. when you're not built into the system to, to have that benefit. That's going to be a problem for Microsoft too. So they have a mobile client obviously, but it, uh, unless you really go to great pains on Android and you can't do it on iOS, it's not really deeply integrated with the system. So, um, that's the concern there, but I think they will be, I think they're going to be one of the players because they're one of the few companies that can do it.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting, you know, so I, my, my role, um, I work with, um, you know, primarily manufacturing ISVs and, mm-hmm. uh, but if you look in, I mean, if you think about different industries too, I mean, we always think about the con- consumer thing, right? Like that's sitting at home. Right. Um, right. But I think there's a whole bunch of interesting industrial applications as well. And for businesses, you know, to drop, you know, 200 bucks on a, on a device that makes it so that workers that, you know, are wearing gloves or, you know, yes. are, are in otherwise doing something else that they can't put that down. Like that's nothing. I mean, that's effectively so, zero. But-
2: this ties nicely into that question that came up earlier, which is, what are you going to do if Microsoft drops all the consumer stuff? And I, you know, I kind of joked I'm probably going to retire on that day. Yeah. Um, but this is perfect because this is exactly right. What you just said is exactly right. Um, there's a rich business to be had there. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. That can be very successful. It may not be successful as I'm picking up my iPhone and talking to Siri about the weather or, you know, that kind of thing. And and I, I mean, I, I'm sort of in that world a little bit, right? And so I kind of care about that stuff personally, but. Yes, that's a huge world. Microsoft could cut a deal with uh, BlackBerry, which makes QNX, which is the in-car system and like all cars basically. Mm-hmm. And what if that became the native interface for for that? Yeah. Most people wouldn't even understand that they were interfacing with Cortana. It wouldn't actually matter. I'm sure Ford would want you to say, "Hey Ford," or you know, "Hey Taurus" or whatever. You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but um, but they could. But so that's a huge success story. I'm just making again. I'm making yeah, that up. Yeah, that's but, good point. An example of a huge success story um, that could happen. And it's not really consumer facing, right? Um, To the consumer, Microsoft and maybe even Cortana are not the brands that are being promoted. It's not as in your face as like an Apple logo. Uh Um, But it doesn't mean it's not a viable business. It doesn't mean it's not an awesome business. Yeah. It just means that I'm gonna retire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Since, since I <laughs> you know? yeah, since I bought my car, the I have the sync two system. I don't have the nice sync three system. But yeah. since I bought it, there's been one update, and that one update was to make it so that you could push the, the hands-free button and use Siri. Nice. They pushed out a new well, update for that. It took so, like oh, so the one you have, is that
2: the Microsoft version is two Microsoft <laughs> still?
0: It's Microsoft branded, yes.
2: Yeah. And then three, they went to I think they went I think IP. they went to blackberry yeah. right? Or yeah. i think
0: so something like that yeah yeah because yeah, in in the sync three system it has a capacitive screen like the whole thing is mm-hmm. you know indistinguishable mine has the resistive screen but what i found anyway you know i have this big fancy screen there and uh you know i have a phone mount and i mean that's that provides me everything anyway <laughs>
2: right
0: so i mean that's right. that's the reality i remember uh it was a few years ago looking you know going car shopping and and i said hey uh, you know i want I want a big screen with the GPS built in and, and they're just like, we don't, they're like, we don't have any cars in the lot with that. I'm like, what? They're like, everybody's yeah. using their phones Everybody now. Uses their
2: phones, yeah. And yeah. at the
0: time I was like right on the fringe, you know, I was using like a Garmin and it was nice having that dedicated. See, I
2: I actually like having the big screen in the dashboard because it, it's a nice place to rest your phone. And then you can use the, <laughs> you know, yeah. the map you actually want to use. Put
0: some, put some Velcro over it and stick yeah, your phone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Just black out the rest of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what else you got, so, Carl? One of the things I wanted to bring it back to a little bit more personally to you is mm-hmm. you're looking at the team that you've surrounded yourself at, like thrott.com. You have nice. Brad Sands and Mary Jo Foley and <laughs> yeah. Rafael Rivera. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you would call it personality defects or whatever. <laughs> but I would. Yeah. I don't know where you're going with this, but yes. <laughs> but I, I noticed that each of them has a very strong kind of humor that's pointed against each other quite often. Is that what it takes to work with Paul Thrott?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, actually that's amazing that you caught that because this is not a joke. I, um, my greatest relationships have come out of adversity. I told you what I said when I met Sachin Nadella, that's how I am to people. It's awful yeah. being me. Um, there's a guy in, in fact, at that same community college where I started the newsletter and all that stuff, this is literally 22 years ago ish, 23 years ago. Um, there was a guy I met, um, who were standing looking over a computer and they're working on the website. And I knew the guys who were kind of involved with the web stuff and the web was brand new at the time too. Mm. I mean, so it was a, you was know, a website. So there's a picture of the community college. It's got this giant sunburst thing on it. And I said, who, that looks terrible. What idiot made that? And uh, the guy next to me says, I did. And I said, hi, I'm Paul. And he says, hi, I'm Joe. And we've been friends ever since. And that guy worked at Microsoft for 15 years. Um, I stayed with him every single time I visited Redmond, um, for 15 years until he moved. Um, we've been friends ever since. And, and you know, I, I, I I never did this on purpose. I'm just a terrible human being, but (laughs) the way people react to me has become almost like a test. Like every once in a while, you'll meet someone. It could be a waitress in a restaurant. It could be a Mm -hmm. person at a meetup. It could be just a person on a plane. Same thing. I, um, I, you know, the, the way that people react to me, I find to be hilarious, <laughs> you know, and depending on how they go, like we're going to, you know, we're either going that's going to be the end of that, or we're going to be best. <laughs> <Yeah>. best
0: <laughs> so, there, so there's a test like immediately. I don't, I don't you. do it on purpose, but there is right. a test.
2: Yeah. Weird.
0: No, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So <laughs> totally, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are awesome but, though. I, I I love all you guys. Um, You guys are doing really great work. Uh, you know, I've talked to Mary Jo Foley in person a couple of times and, mm-hmm. and told her too. you know, she, she has, you know, like her, her keywords or, or uh, the, the, the code names. And, and I yes. said, yeah, you know, that's helpful to me sometimes. Cause you know, Microsoft is such a big company, you know, internally. She's amazing. Yeah. I mean, internally we have this fire hose and you guys are able to distill, you know, some of these things down and it helps me even, even being an employee here and know like where to look and, and what, what kinds of things that uh, I should be yeah. You know, looking. Yeah. For. No, I, I, am I mean I'm lucky,
2: you know, I um I'm antisocial enough that I working at home is the right move for me, but sometimes you want to get out and be with people and I don't know what it's like for you guys exactly, but if you go to events I'm sure you understand this it, it's a lot like a family reunion in a way where you yeah. see all these people that you know and are familiar with and hang around and it's not, it's just, I've been lucky at my little company to surround myself with these people, but, um, even the broader group of people who do what I do for the most part, are it's kind of a great crew and we all look forward to seeing each other and, you know, we ping each other privately as well and make fun of each other offline. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's great when it was an event like build, um, you show up and it's, you know, Brad's there obviously in Raphael might be there, but it's also, this kind of wider group of people that we've known, you know, in many cases for almost 20 years. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's not a bad way to do things.
0: Yeah. I went to that one. I built and it's like, yeah, about 50% of the people there. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I saw before, so that, that was pretty cool. Yeah.
2: That's, uh, I love that stuff. And then every once in a while I'll go to a, a kind of a goofy non Microsoft event or I'll go to like show up at like VMworld VM world or something. Or um, I went to Veeam, uh, uh, Veeam on uh, in uh, New Orleans and you recognize the event. It's exactly the same kind of thing that I go to all the time, yeah. but, th- but all the people are different. Yeah. <laughs> and then you feel like kind of an outsider. It's well, yeah, weird. it's kind of awkward because like, it's just like, well, yeah.
0: I guess it's just me, <laughs> you know, unless you want to try to get in one of those other groups and interact with those yeah, people. Yeah. What's the
2: Microsoft idiot doing
0: here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that actually that happens you know that happens with employees here right so we we go to like aws events and google events hmm. and usually those companies are pretty nice um yeah. you know every once in a while we'll have people register for a particular event and then you know like they get contacted yeah. as like no you're not coming to this event uh, <laughs> wow. but, but but most of the time you know they're like happy to have us there and uh yeah. and, and that's pretty cool too you know it's, it's cool to see you know the cooperation between companies and i,
2: I yeah you know you guys you guys microsoft (laughs) I mean, is uh, you know, competing and cooperating with a lot of different companies, right? So Apple, you asked if Apple and Microsoft are competitors and they are in some levels, but they're also partners on some levels. They're not maybe great partners, (laughs) but they, you know, they Microsoft brought office to iOS and Apple puts that up in their keynote stage. It's a big deal for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, it, you know, it goes both ways.
0: Yeah. I just love Apple plus Microsoft. I don't know what it is, but I just, it feels like it's like, you know, they, they, it feels like they compete or come com, complete each other. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know what it is. Yes. I don't know why I have this fascination the with yin the game and the yang or Yeah, the, exactly. It's uh, like, it, it's like different, but you know, complementary and sure. Yeah.
1: Any other questions, Carl? I, I think we could ask questions all day, but we should give Paul his afternoon back. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you have a question about bacon, Carl? <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw there was a, a conversation right. on Twitter this morning where you learned an amazing new way to make bacon, and uh, I was wondering if you had a preference.
2: Everything useful that I know I've learned from my wife. So, I, you know, we're selling the house, you know, that's why it looks like this. And so I went in this morning to make breakfast, and there's a little note hanging on the oven that says, do not use the oven. So I was like, okay, um... <laughs> I wanted to make bacon. Is there a way I can do this without, you know, spraying myself with oil by frying it? And she says, yeah, just cook it in the microwave. I'm like, I've been on this earth for 50 years and I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Well, like like what-
0: I've seen devices to to cook it in the microwave, but like, what do you just put it on a plate to microwave it? Yep. You well, just the in- put the infomercials told me that that's not good <laughs> because, and then it just sits in like a pool of grease.
2: Well, okay. So the pool of grease is, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it I mean, we, we, we also have misguided information about health and yeah. nutrition and stuff like that, but the, this is actually perfect for me. Cause I don't like overcooked bacon. Like in the United States, a lot of people have like really crispy bacon. It's basically like a charbroiled. Yeah. Or I, I'm, something. In,
0: I'm in that group. So, you know, I can speak. Yeah, for no, both. it's very, no, it's typical <laughs> here, but I actually
2: like bacon to be softer and uh, not as cooked. Mm-hmm. So I, the way I cook it, I cook it in the oven, but I don't cook it that long. So. I did I only cooked it I think it was 3 minutes it was perfect hmm. I just I couldn't believe
0: it Okay. Life changing. Like this is a game changer. The more you know, we need like that infographic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: What dude, is dude, this dude, miraculous dude. tool that's been in my kitchen all this
0: time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the microwave. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have a quick Azure pick of the week, which is the cloud platform roadmap. So this kind of goes into more Microsoft transparency. So this is pretty cool. They are publishing some of the features that they're working on for Azure. Some of the things that they've shipped. Some of the things that public preview and then i think one thing that got canceled uh it's interesting that category is there but um hopefully that'll get built up over time or hopefully not i don't know um, but it's it's this is pretty cool like we we've been pushing for this and and it's it's interesting seeing partner reactions because partners always want kind of like the, the inside scoop, like, yeah, give me the secret stuff. And like less and less is secret. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's at this public website. And if you go to GitHub, all that's there. <laughs> yep. So, you know, they have a hard time dealing with that, but th- this is great, at least from a, from a high level um, some of the, the upcoming features. And I know we've done this for, for edge, uh, but now this is happening for um, Azure right. all up. So just more transparency. So very cool to see. So I'm excited about that. And then Carl, what do you have for the dev tip of the week?
1: I have a website called lorempixel.com. So you're familiar with Lorem Ipsum being the placeholder text you might use on a web page or an application Mm -hmm. to simulate actual paragraphs. Well, if you don't want to come up with a picture, but you need like a very specific size, like 640 by 480 or 300 by 200, uh, they have a very simple URL based way to just plug those numbers in. You get a random picture back. Uh, If you need like a specific industry or topic, they have some like animals, food, nature, nightlife, sports, where you can plug some of those keywords in and get very specific ones. And you can even like if you see one you like, there's a way to even ID that one and just use that all the time. So if you need some placeholder images for a website that you're using, you don't want to just use some cats that you found on the Internet like most people do. Mm -hmm. uh, Check out lorempixel.com. It's uh, pretty easy to use.
0: This is awesome. And there's a little, uh, the generator at the bottom is, is pretty cool. You just set the sliders, what type of picture you want, and uh, boom. Okay. I like it, Carl. That's very cool. Uh, okay, Paul. So there's a game that we play in the show. So what I need you to do, I need you to pick a number between one and four inclusive. See, we we normally, like, we have really geeky listeners, so I have to okay. say inclusive. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> so pick a number and you let me know what it is.
2: You want me to say it out yeah, loud? Yes, so you say it out loud. Not through the brain. Not, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three.
0: Three. Okay. Would you rather have a chicken that lays golden eggs or have your mm-hmm. very own jolly green giant?
2: Oh, definitely the chicken.
0: Yeah. I don't, let's <laughs> some of these are really easy. <laughs> okay. Carl, why don't you pick a number? I'll pick number one. Number one. Would you rather have eyebrows that make a complete circle around your face? <laughs> or
1: <laughs> I think I saw that. I like that. The, those beard competitions. Yeah. Yep. Eyebrows that
0: make it Just try. Yeah. Well, you have the beard. So like, it's not much of a yeah. stretch. Okay. Or yeah, just keep going. Yeah. Or have flat eyelashes that stick out 10 inch, stick out 10 oh, inches please. and cannot be trimmed.
1: Oh, I'd have to go with the circular. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, boy, that's, uh,
0: that's a good call. It's a game uh, for kids, Paul.
2: It's like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so Paul, where, where should people go to find you? Well, throughout.com,
2: okay. obviously. Yep. <laughs> um not so obviously as how it's spelt, unfortunately. Um I, I lobbied very hard against using this name. I just felt it was the most yeah. awful URL. Just Double
0: a whole bunch of letters in there.
2: Yeah, T H U R R O T T com. Um and then the same name on Twitter, um where I Often we'll just hold court all day long and make fun of everything. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that sounds like somebody mood. I want to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you enjoy that kind of thing. <laughs> Perfect. And, Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter
1: at Carl Schweitzer.
0: You can find me at ytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie So Paul, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about ev- everything. And, <laughs> sure. and, and, and it was so cool kind of meeting um, somebody I would consider, I guess, a little bit of a, of a personal hero of mine. Um, Yikes. Yeah. No, I love your well, work. Well, Thank
2: you. I mean, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm happy to do it.